Welcome to the Think Kingdom Church Podcast. I am Marcus Looney, the Creative Arts Director here at Think Kingdom. This is week two of our series, Advent Unwrapped. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's Word has for us with our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. For some of us, um, that this activity I'm about to speak about is just, it really ain't our thing. It's not really our vibe. We don't even know really what to do with it, but For others, it's a vibe for them to go camping. For those of us who never really go camping, we have no idea what to to prepare for. Like, we don't know what to bring. Um, it's It's just like, how do we spend the night out in the wild? And how do we get through that? But for those of us who actually love camping, we know the preparation is key if we're going to survive and enjoy our time out in the wilderness. So the point I'm trying to make in this opening illustration is that it takes preparation to survive and to thrive during our time in the wilderness. In the pages of the Old Testament, we read about the wilderness experience of the nation of Israel. During this time, we read about their unbelief, their idolatry, their grumbling and complaining, and a lot more. We see that God's people are seeking to advance to God's place for them, but their faith and their obedience is continually being tested. The wilderness experience of Israel is often seen as a parallel of the Christian life after a believer comes to salvation in Christ. That our life in Christ here on earth until we go home to be with the Lord, return, 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 or he returns, is a wilderness experience. And if we're living in the wilderness during our time in the body in Christ, then for us to survive and thrive while we're here, it's actually a call for us to prepare, to have a time of preparation. So like the avid camper, We must know what we need to live during this time in the wilderness. And very similar to today's text, we live in the wilderness of unbelief, spiritually speaking right now. And the roads to spiritual reality are twisted and they're in disrepair. There are tons of people crying out in the wilderness of the internet today. Everyone on every platform has access to speak their mind on what they think is important. The reality is, how can we determine what is the truth? When there's so many voices around us shouting, it's so hard. It's so hard for people to know who they are to listen to right now. But for us, the believer, We must prepare our hearts to the Lord in the wilderness. It's a call for us to point people to Christ, including ourselves. Our call of preparation in this Advent season is to put Christ on the throne of our hearts and to point others to King Jesus. Think kingdom, we can't get distracted 
from that focus. We got to dial in even more as we approach the Holy Day celebration of Christmas. Christmas ain't about the gifts that we give. Christmas ain't just about family. Christmas is about Jesus. And honestly, it's my great hope that the focus of today's message is something that we strive for every day as disciples of Christ. It's not just during this Advent time that we need to be focused on Jesus as he is the one who should be on the throne of our hearts. And the main point that I want y'all to, if y'all take nothing else away from today, I want y'all to really focus on is because Jesus is king, we must always fight to prepare the throne of our hearts for him. Because Jesus is king, we must always fight to prepare the throne of our hearts for him. And we learn from today's text that Jesus is, firstly, the king who comforts. So we see that in Isaiah 40, verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So we, we, we're going through Isaiah during this Advent series. What's something I want to make clear to y'all? A lot of people look at Isaiah as kind of like a mini Bible. So the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, just like the first um, 39, chap, uh, 39 books of the Bible that make up the Old Testament, they kind of point, right, to what many would, a lot of people would see as the Old Testament just only points to, to judgment and stuff like that. So the first 39 chapters in Isaiah point to God's judgment of the Jews for their sin. So right here where we're opening up in, in chapter 40, 40 through, uh, 40 through 66 in Isaiah is like the New Testament. It's like the, it's like the age of grace, like you see Jesus clearly in all of his glory in these last 27 chapters in Isaiah. And the point I want to make to y'all about that is that the reading audience in Isaiah, when they get to this point right here, they down and out. And even when they even, when they even received this message from Isaiah, this was a dark, dark time for those people. Those people, that, they, they literally thought God wasn't there. They were in that time of exile. They once, had, they once had Jerusalem, and that was God's place, and God was with them, and the temple was there and everything, and then their hearts drifted from God. It, was already, it already drifted before they even got to Jerusalem, as we've seen in the wilderness, but their heart really had drifted from God, and now they had faced the judgment of God, and now they're like, what, what can we do? So we see here that God, we see the king of comfort is coming to them. And he's, he's sending a prophetic word to them. Even though it doesn't feel like this is the time, they are point, God is pointing them that this oppression that's going on with them right now, like this, this weight that they have from their sins and his judgment, he's pointing and telling them that ultimately that restoration's going to come. Even when it's dark, they don't understand it, they don't see it. 
God is telling them through Isaiah that restoration is going to come. And this word reminds us that God prepares us through his promises. God is preparing them through his promises. It's no matter how dark the times are, we got to remember we serve a God, a God who is there. We are never past the presence of God. No matter how dark it seems, God is there. And, and Isaiah is also telling them that, and telling us that we need God's comfort to walk through the darkness. So no matter what's going on in our, in our, in our life right now, no matter what's going on in our land right now, no matter what, we don't know what's going to happen next, we know that God's comfort is going to be there to walk us through the darkness. And Advent reminds us that God specializes in working in the dark. Advent reminds us that God works in the dark. Don't matter how, what's going on, God is at work. He's always there to comfort us. Even when we going sideways, when we backsliding, he is with us. And he's there to comfort us and to bring us back. Think about it. Think about a child that you tell them, you better not do that. You better not do that. What do they do? They do it anyway sometimes. And then what happens when they, when they do what they're not supposed to do? Sometimes they even get hurt, right? And then you're forced with a decision. Are you just going to break them down with the law? Like, I told you you shouldn't have did that, and then whoop them? Or are you going to comfort them and, and, and care for them even though they disobeyed? Are you going to wrap your arms around them and kiss them and let them know it's going to be all right? We got to thank the Lord that we got a king who comforts us. That even when we are just going our own way, we straight sinning, and we know that we ain't supposed to do that. That our king is always welcoming us back with open arms, despite our disobedience. That's what he's doing right here in Isaiah 40. He's saying, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. He's reminding them the covenant oath that you see all through Scripture. I am your God, and you are my people. Have comfort in that, people of God. And not only do we see in this text a king who comforts, but we also see a king who judges. And we see this in verses 6 through 8. A voice was, was saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. So this goes back to what I was telling y'all, like, yo, there's a ton of people talking a, lo a lot of gibberish right now that you can hear anywhere, that people are telling you so many different things because they are still the Lord of their lives, and they, that they feel that we're going to be all right, but they don't know how we're going to be all right. 
And I think 2020 has humbled some people. Some people that thought that they were the Lord of their lives and it didn't matter. And there are fortunately some people that have, God has followed them to their folly and they won't make it through 2020. And in these verses right here, God is, is letting, the, letting them know that, yo, people come and go. Like, our time isn't promise. Like, we wither, the flowers fade, but this, this word I'm telling you right here, this word of truth, it remains. This eternal truth. And just as the gospel is, is good news, is good news for the believer, the gospel is bad news for non-Christians who, who doesn't believe. And so is Advent. This time of Advent, people are, their hearts are somewhere else. It's a hard time. And you got to think that the way of the world follows the prince of the world. And the prince of the world doesn't want you to know that this Advent, this first Advent, is, is, is calling you to come back to, to God. That you are an enemy of God and that you don't even realize it, but this is your time of salvation. It's a time where, where there's so much diversion from what this time is supposed to be for us. And the thing about it is those who do not prepare the throne of their hearts for Jesus, the ultimate reality of it is, is that they're going to perish. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking on a hard message right here. They're going to perish eternally. In these verses, that the first few verses showed us that, that, that just as God, this God, he's so merciful. But God also is just. And that those who, who, have, who, have, who are playing with God and, and feeling that God can't be just, these verses tell us the reality of that, that God is just. And it's a reminder of, of judgment for those that don't believe in Jesus. And family, that should lead us to urgency to share the good news. Like, this is hard. There are people in our lives that are apart from Jesus, and we know that. So during this time, this is the time of, like, this is one of the clearest times in our year, especially as a, a, a year comes to a close. We can't keep our mouths closed about Jesus. We got to know that people that are still walking in their sin, we do not know when they're going to leave this place. And, and Advent is telling us that the Savior of the world has come, that there is good news for everybody, but most people don't know the good news. We have to understand that people, like we see sin as just rebellion against God. And yes, it is rebellion against God. But also we need to be seeing that sin is also replacement of God. The throne of people's hearts, they have replacements. That's why I entitled the sermon, What is on the Throne of Your Heart? This is a time where we, we got to call people to think about that. What are people putting on their heart that is more important than Jesus? Do they even know Jesus? Without the Prince of Peace on the throne of our hearts, there will be no peace. People do not have peace right now. We live in an anxious age. People are anxious. They're worried. They're fearful. They have no hope. There are so many people walking around with no hope. 
We got music forms that are based on promoting no hope. Just promoting the things of the world. Promoting the violence of the world. People are twisted right now. They're twisted on this road that the road to lead to nowhere. And we have to think that the prophets prepared the hearts of the people to face judgment. Yeah. They prepared them to face judgment. But also, as we see in this text in Isaiah, they also preach grace. And we have to do the same. We got to tell people the bad news, but we got to lift them up with the good news. One of the, and you got to remember that people will continually tell you, like, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, I'm not listening to that foolishness you're spitting. Like, Jesus is, what are you talking about? I could do my own thing. I could have my own God experience. I could hear God in my room. I don't need to go to no church. Them church people hypocrites. They phony. That's, the church hurt me. That's, that's the story of a lot of people. People, can, people will always, you got to remember Romans 1, people suppress the truth. God has given us and revealed all his, he has all his truth around us that we can see that God created this world. But people don't have saving truth. And even when you, even when you talk saving truth to them, they're like, I ain't trying to hear that. And then I think about all of the times that we look at our phone. And we see that bill collector or that loan, um, that loan collector calling. And what do we do? We either, number one, we either put that as a block number, especially if you got an iPhone, we put that as a block number, do not answer. Or we just keep on pressing decline, decline. So we keep on doing that. We keep on getting these calls. We think that debt's, do you think that debt's going to disappear? Y'all? Y'all think that debt's going to disappear? No. That they're going to keep on calling. They're going to keep on calling. And then if we never pay that debt, what happens? Eventually, that collection agency, the, the person, the debt that we owe, they say, we're just going to take them to court. We're just going to do a judgment on them. They're going to they feel the wrath. And they feel the wrath where? They feel it in their pockets when that garnishment comes. And in a very, very similar way, we keep on sharing the good news of Jesus to people. And they keep on not paying attention to it, not seeking the urgency of that message. They keep on doing that. And then eventually, the reality of it is that they keep on suppressing that truth. And then if they leave this life without accepting the, the good news of Jesus and trusting and believing in Jesus and turning from their sin, they are eventually going to face the king who judges rather than the king who comforts. And they're going to feel the wrath of God for eternity. We don't want that for nobody. We do not want that for nobody. Then kingdom, we got to be a family that's about sharing the good news, that we live in as the sent ones of God, and that we're living on the mission of God so people don't have to face the judgment of God. And not only do we see King Jesus as the king who comforts and the king who judges, but we see in verse 10, we see Jesus as the, the warrior king. 
Verse 10. See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. So what we see in this verse, we see another glimpse that we need to prepare our hearts during this advent. We see that we have a warrior king. That that battle's not ours. That battle is the Lord's. And that we can rest in that. That the Lord is fighting on our behalf. And Isaiah even makes it more clear in Isaiah 42, 13. The Lord advances like a warrior. He stirs up his zeal like a soldier. He shouts, he roars aloud. He prevails over his enemies. So straight up, Isaiah is letting his audience know the power of the king is greater than any human rule. Ain't no government. There's nothing in this world that God's power can't undo. So there's no challenge in our lives that God's power can't undo. We got a warrior king. And he lets them know in um, Isaiah 40, verse 10, he lets them know that exile for them, it will not get the last word. This warrior king, he's what? He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lord of Lord. He's the King of Kings. And we must prepare our hearts on seeing Jesus as the great warrior king. It's not our battle to fight the culture wars. That's not the call of us as his people. We are exiles in a foreign land. Our citizenship, where is that? It's in heaven. And our call to live is one of citizens of the life to come. Why are we living, why are we living backwards when we're when we supposed to be part of the new creation? As we follow our warrior king, our call for us is what? To live humbly, to walk in faithfulness, to endure through suffering, and love through service to others. That's our call. That's our call if we're preparing our hearts and we're following Jesus, that warrior king. And Jesus is not just a warrior king, but he's also the shepherd king. We see that in verse 11. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. So remember, I told you that these people, they feel like God is not there. It's real dark. They don't know where God is. And Isaiah, what he's doing, he's bringing them greater comfort. Because they're suffering, y'all. They're suffering. They're suffering in captivity to people that don't care nothing about the God of Israel. Just like the people in America, they don't care nothing about the Christian God. But the difference is they're, they're really in captivity. And this is what Isaiah is attempting to paint as God is our shepherd. He's, he's reminding the audience, we have a God who provides tender, loving care for those bruised and those weary souls. This year has been a tough one, a dark one. 
But this Advent, I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to soak on the truth of Scripture. Just remember, even if you're suffering, even if you're grieving right now, you're scared right now, or that you're in pain right now in this season of life, that you can rejoice by resting in the great arms of the shepherd king. Shepherd king sees and protects. No sheep of his is in danger. No matter what's going on, God is there. That shepherd king, his arms are wide. The real question I got to ask y'all, are y'all too good? Are we seeking to be our own shepherd? Or will we let Jesus, our great shepherd king, care for us? The scriptures give us a great, not as great as Jesus, but a great example of a type of Jesus in the life of King David. You see, King David, God shows him not as just only a warrior king. Because you got to remember, King David came upon the throne, they wiped him out. It was, there was peace. There was nothing happening. No nation wanted to touch Israel. So we see a great warrior king there. And Jesus is far greater than that. But then we also get to know David as a great shepherd king. And how, do we, how, how, can I, how can I say both a warrior and a shepherd king that, G, that David shows us? Y'all ever read the Psalms? That we could just read through the Psalms and, and, and we can learn how to express our emotions to God as we see it through David as David wrote most of the Psalms. And then, and it's also in the Psalms that we learn that the Lord is our shepherd. So not only do we see Jesus, our king, as the great warrior king, the shepherd king, the, the king who judges and the king who comfort, comforts, but lastly, the most importantly for us to really get it together, we get to see the king of glory. We see that in verses 3 through 5 and also in verse 9. So a voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be level. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear. And all humanity together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Verse 9. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain, Jerusalem. Herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it. Don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. So we see in Isaiah 40, verse 3. A very common verse that we see in all four of the Gospels in the New Testament. It's the word shared by John the Baptist. John the Baptist is telling us that the prophet Isaiah is announcing deliverance for Jewish exiles in Babylon. 
calling for the removal of all obstacles in the way of the Lord, and he led his people back to Jerusalem. So John the Baptist saw himself, like Isaiah, as a voice calling in the wilderness. But in John the Baptist's case, he was calling upon people to make straight the way for the Lord that is ready to ready themselves for the coming Messiah. So see, family, John the Baptist, like Advent, is calling us to prepare the throne of our hearts for Jesus. This is a call for us to tear down the walls, to cast away the hindrances, to destroy our idols so that we can worship Jesus with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our and strength. Advent is a call to return to our ultimate love, which should be Jesus. This is how we unwrap Jesus, by preparing our hearts to be awestruck by his self-given love as he came into the world to reclaim all of creation, including just us. The message of the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist, the apostles, and this Advent today is to point our hearts to God's Son, the Holy One of God, our Redeemer, our Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, the Word made flesh. The question is, family, is will we meditate during this Advent time on the King of glory and the future glory that awaits us? Or are we going to be too wrapped up and trying to figure out what we're going to wrap up and put under that tree? This is the time that we need to be wrap, unwrapping Jesus. We need to be unwrapping Jesus before Christmas, not waiting to, oh, we're going to play a few songs and we're going to worship Jesus on Christmas Day. No, got it twisted. Advent is the season where we are reminded to prepare our hearts, prepare our hearts on thinking on the incarnation of Jesus. That God made in the flesh. God is made in the flesh. Like God came into the world. The one who created the world came into the world. That the Savior of the world came through divine intervention. That God the Holy Spirit made it happen. God was made flesh. Advent is also a reminder for us that the kingdom of God is at hand. The message of the kingdom of God is not an escape from earth to heaven, but God's reign coming from heaven to earth. Don't people need that right now to know that God's reign in this dark world, all this craziness, God is still here. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people over God's creation. I'll say it to y'all again. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people over God's creation. And God's saving grace has entered into the world. You got to remember, the world don't know that. And us, it's our job as God's people, his sent ones, to tell the good news of the kingdom. And today's text reminds us that when God's reign is received, 
is experienced as grace. But when God's reign is resisted, remember that credit card collector we resisted? It's experienced as judgment. The grace of God has come into the world to transform lives, to bring people from death to life, to show people what it means to be truly human through growing to the image of the Son. At Think Kingdom, we want as many of our neighbors to receive God's reign in faith and to receive in the here and now the kingdom of God. We need to let the world know that Jesus is not no cosmic vending machine, that Jesus is not a genie in a bottle, that we are just not wishing on Jesus for what we want, that Jesus is not our divine cheerleader, that Jesus that, the per- that Jesus is not just going to cheerlead us for us to work out the purpose of our lives. And then like, yeah, we throw a little bit of Jesus, sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in there. No, our lives are for Jesus if we're in Christ. And no, Jesus is not our heavenly firefighter that we only turn to Jesus when, we got, when, our, when our life is just all jacked up. That's the only time that we come into Jesus. He ain't your heavenly firefighter. Jesus ain't just a great teacher. Like, we're, just not, we're not just going to get these great teachers from Jesus and be these great moral people. No. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. There will always be idols that are, that are competing for the throne of your heart. That's what repentance is. That fight, that's repentance. That's the fight of repentance. And may this Advent be one in which you fight to place Jesus, the King of the kingdom, on the throne of your heart. That you come clean, that you confess your sins to God, and that you rest in his forgiveness. That you pick up his love, and let his love reign in your hearts. And also during this time, that we be committed to advancing the kingdom through self-given love and service to those who don't know Jesus, especially. Lastly, family, may we be committed to the main application of this message that we must always fight to prepare the throne of our hearts for Jesus. May we fight to let Jesus be the king of our hearts. Thank you, Pastor Ramon, for continuing Advent Unwrapped. We must continue daily to prepare the throne of our hearts for Jesus. If you are blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. 
We want to thank you again for walking with us into a new series. And if this is your first time, you can always subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back and hear this full series right here exclusively on the Think Kingdom Church Podcast.